What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two-Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, and this is the pull-up edition. Today, we have a really special guest in the building. Listen, this is a hip-hop artist hailing all the way from Trinidad. You know what we have in the building today? We have Mechanic T.I.D. in the building yo, today. Yo, 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 What's yo, going yo, on, yo. boss? What's good? What's good, Muscle? Respect Thank you. Respect, man. That's fun. Everything's yeah. good. Yeah, everything good. Everything good for now, yeah? All right. Welcome welcome to Toronto. How are you vibing now here? Um, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Like, I just had a conversation on the phone with family back home, and it was like, so you're going to leave Canada now? And I was like, mm, not thinking about it, but yeah, I might just yeah. make Canada my second home, right? Yeah. <laughs> good to go. So yeah. let's let's get it, because we like to go from beginning and bring it right up to Nice, 20, I like that. Trinidad now. What part of Trinidad did you grow up in? Central Trinidad. South and Central Trinidad. So I was... Uh, born Port of Spain, that is the capital, that's mm-hmm. north. Then moved south as a baby with my parents. Um, lived in South Trinidad, Cokeace and Madeline. And then we moved to Claxton Bay. I have two younger siblings, okay. two sisters. And yeah, that's where the life right transitioned there. to. And what was the neighborhood like growing up at that time there, in the neighborhoods mm-hmm. that you were living in Trinidad? Okay, so... From the period of moving from Port of Spain to St. Madeline, it was more of a, everyone was around the same age, even the adults were around my parents' age, so it was a lot of um, street activities, like, I know you all may not be familiar with island life, but we would play like cricket in the road, basketball in the road, football or soccer in the road, Mm -hmm. Um, you could go by the neighbor and pick fruits, neighbor come across and pick fruits, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, coming from a that third world country, you know, when somebody has a system like a Nintendo or a Super Nintendo, everybody would go to that one house and play game, you know, because not everybody have the same system. So somebody might have a Sega, we feel to play Sega today, we go there, you know, and that's how the upbringing was in St. Marlin and transition into the more residential area. When my pops got his house in Claxton Bay, that was more um, everybody to the self, you know. We still try to come out, still try to have that, that energy that we had in St. Madeline, but it wasn't the same. You know, people were more to themselves, it's more residential, you know. So at this time, we were a bit more, um, how to put it, uh, middle class. All right. So well, everybody had their own yeah. system, everybody had their own bike, you know. So, so nobody had so, to gather so, at one yeah. house anymore. But we still used to try, though, because yeah. where I stayed in Claxton Bay as a teenager, as an adult, there was a, a football field. Mm-hmm. Or a soccer field, sorry. So, you know, we still try to gather and have fun there. Um, Actually, we actually had a family day there, Pivotal Entertainment. We did a family day right in my residence already. Okay. Yeah, just last year, May. Yeah, got you. What came first for you, music or cars? Which one did you notice first as a kid growing up? Hmm. Notice and yes. notice cars first. Cars first. Yeah. <laughs> and what was it about the cars that you liked? Uh, So... My uncle, which is my dad's oldest sibling, mm-hmm. he passed away not too long ago. Um, he introduced me to cars because he was he was an auto mechanic right in the street in St. Madeline. Mm-hmm. So we lived on top of a hill. He yeah. lived to the bottom of the hill. And just the bare noise of the vehicles when he testing them out, he yeah. passing out. And I used to run to the gate to just see yeah. this car passing. And that was 
impressionable to me at the age of seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, one day, one day I want to be like my uncle. Because you like the muscle cars that make all the noise yeah. and all the stuff there. Yeah, because that's what he worked on, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of uh, American engines and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. And then he used to build a drag racing vehicle for um, a customer or a client of his. He was the mechanic for the, the client. He built the race car, the person go race it, yeah. and he would do all the mechanical work on it. So I was always intrigued at the noise and mm-hmm. always excited when I was younger. When I got to the age of uh, 10, 11, mm-hmm. he started taking me to the tracks. And then the smell of burning rubber, yeah. I'm like, yo, this is heaven. Yeah. Burning <laughs> rubber. Yeah. yeah. The tires, I used to stand right behind the vehicle just to smell the tires burn. Okay. So do you like the smell of gas? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you know what? We're friends. Eh? <laughs> I, 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 I can't co-sign the burning rubber, yeah. but I can co-sign the gas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Especially like the methanol. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that does smell good. Yeah. Methanol does smell nice. Yeah, no, I could co-sign that. Yeah. Okay. So then it was your uncle that really introduce you to the cars and stuff like that yeah so then now music when did you start to discover music now? teenage uh being raised in 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 the family that i was raised in we were raised in church mm. right so at a young age i was in the choirs the church choir okay yeah i used to sing in the choirs um then as i say reaching that 13 14 I decided with a group of friends in the church, we decided to start our own group and that's where it ignited. You know, it's like, hey, not just being a part of a collective, but I could still stand out as an individual. And you know, that's where the transition of artistry really hit. Mm -hmm. But music was something in my family from birth, like to graduate from, that would be kindergarten to going to preschool. Um, I had to play the steel pan at four years old okay. to graduate. So yeah. music was something always there, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's when, when I say aware, yeah. I was aware of the cars first, mm-hmm. but music came first because from baby, I was playing each steel pan. Yeah. Yeah. From there. So then hip hop, because I know you, mm-hmm. you, you, you dabble in hip hop, so can every dance on everything. Hip hop, when did you discover hip hop and who was it that you really said, this, I like this? Uh, so, Again, the whole theory with being raised in St. Madeline, you know, everybody would flock to one house mm-hmm. after school. And one thing that we used to run home to do, or two things I should say, mention, mm-hmm. cartoons and 106 and Park, yes. AJ and Free. Mm-hmm. So coming up in those days, mm-hmm. when school over, you get home, by the time you get home, you get something to eat, you take off your school uniform, and you head to that one spot where everybody gonna watch a bunch of cartoons and then wait for 106 and Park music videos down the line. Mm-hmm. And from there, that was my um my in my inspiration mm-hmm. to fall in love with the hip hop music. Now I had family that migrated. Mm-hmm. So I used to be in and out of the United States a lot. So the accent was something that I had to pick up because a lot of my family, my younger cousins and stuff, they um they had to pick up the accent living out there. So sometimes they, they kind of got rid of the Trini accent. So in order for me to understand them now and they understand me, I had to develop that American accent, yeah. you know? And it just worked that way. I could put it on, take it off, put it on, take it off. And just because of that and then being influenced by the the the, the BET, that's mm-hmm. where I fall in love with hip-hop. I actually had hip-hop tattooed on my sleeve. Like the word Like the hip-hop. word hip-hop, yeah, going around a microphone. Yeah. Yeah. What artists were in particular for you? Lil Wayne. 
Little Wayne. Mm -hmm. What was it about Wheezy? His energy. Yeah. I loved his energy coming up. Yeah. His energy was, that's just the one person that if you ask me, like, as you ask yeah. me off the bat, boom, <laughs> Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. His, his wordplay mm -hmm. to this day is so crazy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? His style, the way his delivery. Yeah. Sick. It, it, it unmatched. Yeah. I'm being honest, it unmatched. Like, mm. I wouldn't consider Wayne a, a battle rapper, but you can't really test him with wordplay. Mm -mm. That's word the point. Play, his wordplay you know, is and crazy. That's, and that's what made him stand out from everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I always say that when it comes to me getting into hip-hop music, I always want to stand out and I needed to find my way to stand out. That's why I would say he was one of the main inspirations when mm -hmm. it comes to my artistry and stuff like that. From there. Yeah. So then now you discovered Wayne, cars are still in the mix. So when you're in school and stuff, did you pursue like, okay, I'm going to get into the trades of cars or anything like that, mechanics or anything at that time there? I was a mechanic at 13 years old. At 13? Yeah. Started trade. Um, there were uh, after school programs mm -hmm. where you learn auto mechanic, basic auto mechanics. And during the summertime, at that age, starting to give trouble, my pops was like, you need to go and learn trade. Mm -hmm. You're not taking your school books too good. So here what? No vacation for you. Go in a garage and learn the mechanic work. So you're doing it after school and then vacation, that's Easter or summer break or holidays, Christmas. I in a mechanic shop working. Yeah. 13, 14 years old. So it's something that I was hands-on from then. From back then? Yeah. That's well. So then when did, okay, so then now you have your trade, mechanic. Mm -hmm. When did you decide to start pursuing music also? 19 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you put in some work yeah. in the mechanic shop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did from 13 years. I started. Um, so I got my driver's permit at 17, legally. <laughs> but I was driving before that. Right? Obviously. Um, my first project that I purchased, and with the, with the assistant of my father, I had to rebuild the engine. So the vehicle came home broken. Yeah. <laughs> Head gasket blown. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, for your mechanic, worked it. M my pops was like, yo, fix it. Here's a mechanic, fix yeah. it. And that was 17 years old. Well, just going into 17, just about to get my license. I bought it to do uh, practice. It was a standard, you know, so get the standard practicing. Plus, I like racing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, it, it, it all fit together. It all come together and if I could go back and do it I'll do it again you, do you it. know so that was the exposure to actually put in my mechanic work to to reality for my personal project mm -hmm. while also um, solidifying the fact that I'm an auto mechanic you know you're, you're testing it out on yourself yeah you know you can do it for other people yeah but can I do it for myself exactly you know, that's exactly. usually doing stuff for yourself is always the hardest you know yeah, that, right of course you know what I mean of course because if, 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 if mistakes are made, you got to blame yourself. Yeah. You can't blame nobody. <laughs> nobody you know, else. if the engine fall apart, that's yeah. on you. That's <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yeah. So when you said, okay, I'm going to start pursuing music, did you get into a studio? You started to write. What was what was the process there? This story does interest people a lot. It's not a story. It's reality. It's mm -hmm. facts, right? So my sister, one of the younger ones, well, the older of the younger ones, she actually started working with a... Uh, her baby daddy back then. Okay. Um, he had his own little studio, little bedroom studio going on at home. And, you know, I used to hear her say, well, I'm going in the studio to do music. And I was like, really? you doing music and whatever? She's one year younger than me, so she would have been 18. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? One day I'll come and challenge you in the studio. And she was like, all right, cool, come. Mm -hmm. 
And I just decided a Saturday to head to the studio and they played one of the YouTube instrumentals and I started penning and when I recorded it was like, you sound like Big Sean. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I had something then. <laughs> something was working, something just clicked there. I was like, all right, I could do the recording artist process as well because going back to the group in church, we did record music, we released it, but um, at that point in time, it was still four of us. It was, I was still in a group, even though we had solo pieces, but at mm-hmm. this time, yeah. transitioning into hip-hop, I literally stood out and became Mechanic TID right there, and then I had to you know, work for my identity there. So, cause I did challenge my sister, right? So I had to prove myself now. Yeah. And in that process, I trying to find a name or what name to go by. And at already 19 years, everybody already knew me fixing cars. Mm-hmm. The mechanic with the fast car. At that time I had race drag, like full drag racing, street mm-hmm. racing cars. So I was like, go with uh, little Steven, yeah. uh, baby this, uh, little that. I'm like, yo. Yeah. I think I'm gonna just stay with mechanic because yeah. everybody know me as a mechanic. And that at that time I chose the name when I started recording and be, become a recording artist, mm-hmm. yeah. So it was mechanic from jump. Yeah. So when did you put on the rest of it? After the first performance I did, mm-hmm. yeah. Same, around the same year. Because the track that I wrote, and I can't even remember the name of the song, that's, that's mm-hmm. the bad part. But after performing that track and seeing the response of the crowd, I'm, mm-hmm. this is hip hop, right? And I'm rapping in Trinidad, which is predominantly soca. Mm-hmm. And to see people respond to me, I'm like, yeah. because people was actually like, yo, pull that again, yo, do that again, yo, yo, this youth man, he different, yo. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is something I could do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Because the crowd response is something that fed the character. For sure. You know, and it wasn't something that I forced people to like the music. Mm-hmm. I just wrote something off the top of my head. It's probably one of the worst set of lyrics I've ever wrote back then. Yeah. And the way people responded to it, it was like, wow, I just, that was like my first shot of whatever drug you want to call that. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that, that experience was the reason why I added that TID, which mm-hmm. stands for Till I Die. So then it was there, the inspiration. It's like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. where the passion came. And why did you think you could be doing hip-hop in Trinidad and there's no real industry to to support something like that? Because I was raised to overcome challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a fifth-degree black belt, right? Yeah, that's something as I do, <laughs> right? Yeah. So in order to get obtain your black belt in the system that I'm in, in Purple Dragon International, you have to go through what we call a black belt grading for three days. Mm -hmm. So you stay on the dojo, you sleep there, you fast for the three days, you don't eat meat, you abstain, all those things, right? And you would put yourself through some rigorous exercises from day one, you're broken, your Mm -hmm. body's sore, you're tired, and you have two more days remain. And on the last day, you have to Mm -hmm. fight. After you do After all those, your body's broken is literally all gone. Mm-hmm. So you're literally programming yourself to overcome. Now I mm-hmm. transition that into the music where no matter what, I'm sticking with this and yeah. I will find a way, mm-hmm. you know? Because the thing with it, it's not a foreign concept to have rappers that are from Trinidad, not, probably not living there, like 
the Nicki yeah. Minaj, Trinidad, Trinidad James, James, Foxy Brown, yep. and all of those are Trinidadian rappers, but they were from America. Mm -hmm. So being Trinidadian, cool. Mm -hmm. Being a rapper, cool. Yeah. But it's just where you were at that point there. Yep. You yep. know what I yep. mean? Did anybody understand your vision except for you at that time there to say, okay, I want to do hip hop, but coming from Trinidad? At the time, no. Only recently. Mm -hmm. My manager, Christina. And the whole Pivotal Entertainment, YCL, Kells, Vaughn, the people that I meet over the years, mm -hmm. uh, Noble Touch is one that really believed in me as well. Mm -hmm. Like, he was one of the main puzzles that got me to Pivotal um, because I've known Noble for years, mm -hmm. but we never worked until 2017, 2018 is when we started to really work together. Mm -hmm. And we just started releasing song after song after song and got me in contact with my manager now, which is Christina from Pivotal Entertainment, right? Mm -hmm. But these people really believe the vision now. Before that, I was riding on the strength and the response from the crowd, the energy that I would put out. Because it, it, it was so bad that I had to end up throwing my own shows to perform after a while. Mm -hmm. Because we, we, it's like, where would you fit? There's either mm -hmm. the Soka artist, mm -hmm. there's the Calypso artist, there's the Trinidad artist. But no Trinidad, no Trinidad. <laughs> yeah. Let me get out clear. Okay, so when you, started, when you started out rapping, there was, Trinidad was not was a thing not at that existing. time. was not existing, no. Yeah. It had no Trinidad artist. So it was either Calypso or Soka. That's it. Yeah, and the hip-hop was starting to make an impact, but then again, hip-hop artists back home have that, that serious crab and barrel mentality mm -hmm. where the artists will not band together and make it work. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you look at Trinibad, it's like everybody banded together and started from the street. Like the streets pushed Trinibad. Mm -hmm. So that's why it became mainstream. Hip-hop now is like, who are the best lyrics? Who is the best lyricist? Who could rap better than this one? Who could make it look flashy and all of that? And everybody was just scattered. Mm -hmm. Always scattered. It had millions of different groups, teams, cliques, gangs, sets, whatever. Okay, so there was actually a scene starting to develop. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But nobody was clicking together. Nobody came to together. Nobody higher. saw the bigger picture where you want to take it commercial because that is where it will really flourish. Mm -hmm. You know, staying underground and staying um, street was all well and nice for mm -hmm. inter-circle. Yeah. It would not really, like, guys back home would say they're doing this for real, mm -hmm. but you're not feeding your family, bro. Like, so why am I beefing with you? Yeah. What is the point of me doing that distract to you? You doing that distract to me. And then when I go in the bank, yeah. I see in zero dollars and zero cents. <laughs> that making any distract. sense? Yeah. From the same distract. Like, yeah. what was the purpose behind that? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just added to separate myself from that mm -hmm. and decided to focus on being more commercial and not studying the back and forth riff between artists. And there are some artists that I still link with, mm -hmm. um, you know, that I have worked with back home, both in the hip hop and dancehall. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, as I tell my manager, I want to be the guinea pig. I want to see just as how Swanee was the leader in Trinidad. Let's see if Mechanic TID could be for hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah, let's see. Let's try. That makes sense because the first time I really noticed you, it was more of a reggae, not even that's a reggae hip hop song, jamming. Mm. Got visuals for it too. Mm. What impressed the hell out of me was the singing 
And then when you started to rap, there was no, it didn't sound like you were trying to rap. <laughs> you understand what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, were yeah, yeah. rapping, boss. When yeah. you were singing, you were singing. Yeah. When you were rapping, you were rapping. I said, whoa, mm -hmm. there's actually, there's something here, boss. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I respect how, that. How did you even come up with the jam in the Bob Marley cover there? All right. So at that time, as you, if you go on my YouTube, you'll scroll all the way down, you'll see jamming to the very bottom. It's the very I first one. I would consider that as my first official track mm -hmm. and music video. More so music video, because I had music before that, but I never put it out. Mm -hmm. um, so the concept behind that was, at the time in Trinidad, again, there is no bookings for hip-hop artists, but there are a lot of open mic events. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how could I get people to really tap into me? but yet still give them something they're familiar with. Mm -hmm. I, have a, I have a friend back home named uh, Mavericks. He does foot videography and stuff like that. And he was like, since he ever heard me in one of the open mics before I had official music, he was like, bro, you real dope. Mm -hmm. I want to work with you so bad. And after like a year or two, we finally connect again. And I was like, hey, and you the same guy who does filming or whatever, whatever. He was like, yeah, I said, yeah, whatever concept uh, do something to get people to know my name within the country. Mm -hmm. Jamming is Bob Marley. Everybody you know, around the world familiar. So I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, I want to do a Bob Marley remix. He was like, bro, you're talking my language. I love yeah. reggae. Mm -hmm. And he's an East Indian guy. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, here what we're going to do. Pick a song and I will remix it. You pick this song. Any song you want me to remix. Yeah. And he just chose Jamming. We chose it together. I wrote the, the song and mm -hmm. the rest was history. We found the location and shot the video and that was it. Yeah. Yeah, man. You could see, as I said, the rapping, that's what caught me. It was, this wasn't, I'm going to try to rap. Okay, yeah, I'm doing something. No, bro. This was dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Another one that caught me was um, Don Dada Forever. Mm. Let me let me give you a little fun fact. Yeah. Louis Rankin recorded his last interview in this studio right oh, here. Oh, big up Louis one He time was sitting over there. Yeah. And we recorded. That time, the studio was set up different. Mm -hmm, His mm -hmm. last interview was recorded <laughs> right here. <laughs> you understand? Full circle, eh? Crazy. Full circle. Crazy. Yeah. What made you decide to even do something like that? All right. Uh, Princess, Louis Rankin's daughter, one of his daughters, is a good friend of my manager. Okay. And she has been talking about me ever since we met my manager. Mm -hmm. So um, after his passing and they being good friends, she was just expressing the way she felt about how the industry treated her father. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of big name artists and celebrities know him, but he wasn't given his proper flowers. Mm -hmm. And his daughter was like, you have artists, you run in a label, could your artists try something and she was like you know what i have the perfect artist for this let me try something mm -hmm. and then she called me my manager she called and was like mechanic i have a challenge for you and i was like okay no problem challenge accepted yeah and then she explained what it was i was like okay all right so i had to go research because i never met louis i don't know him in person mm -hmm. the only louis i know is shutters yeah <laughs> <laughs> you understand and belly yeah you want ramp with me well all right that's <laughs> that's the louis i know yeah. so now seeing that 
I've had direct access to his family through his daughter. Mm-hmm. She gave me the information for the song that I needed. Mm-hmm. And it was just for me to structure the whole thing and put it out there. And that song by itself did really, really well where Foxy Brown was reposting it. Spranger okay. Benz was reposting it. Yeah. I think DJ Khaled had the notification. So they know of me, mm-hmm. but I making enough noise yet. What, you know? What, It's one of those things where you planted the seeds already. Yeah. So you just got to keep working until that's right. There. That's right. You know that's what exactly mean? what it is. Big, big song, big visuals, everything, and that was actually shot in Toronto. Parts in Toronto, yeah. parts in Trinidad. Yeah. Like if you look at it, they'll be like, "But wait, mm-hmm. he fly out to do this or something?" Like, mm-hmm. no, this is my first time in Canada, <laughs> and no touchdown here. So yeah. we didn't fly out and do anything. It was mm-hmm. home and abroad, just. Put the footage together and make it happen, you know. Yeah. yeah, this is where you went hard, almost drill now. When you dropped Zess, yes, sir. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Talk to me about that. What was the thinking behind that? And again, that's more like the drill. So now, Zess was 2019, mm-hmm. 2020. Sorry, after the two years of pandemic, we just lose time. Eh? So in 23 right now, mm-hmm. 22, 21. Mm-hmm. Zess was 21. We created that track. Von Pro and I, the um, executive engineer on the Pivotal, mm-hmm. he decided to create something that, because we have been working on other trucks, but he said, mechanic, we had to find one, we had to find one. I was like, don't worry, Von, I have you. Mm-hmm. And I just started looking at YouTube instrumental and start back getting into pen and music again. And um, I found one beat and I was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write a song that is familiar to Trinibad. Because Trinidad come and take off, right? Mm-hmm. So now we had to play catch up as hip hop artists, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the terms in dancehall back home or Trinidad is zest. Zest is a big thing, you understand? Like we don't say we're gonna hang out or we don't say we're gonna party anymore. We say we're going on zest. Mm-hmm. And if you see people, street people partying back home, you say they're zesting. So zest became a, a local dialect. Mm-hmm. So I decided, you know what? I'm gonna take the Trinidad dialect, put my thing on it, which is hip hop, and see if it works. Mm-hmm. And it did work because we, I ended up performing in. I don't know if you're all familiar with the Beatum now. It's one of the notorious places in Trinidad yeah. on the Beatum Gardens. Mm-hmm. I perform alongside Skeng. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So and that was the song that I did, and the reception of it was. What is he doing? Mm-hmm. But you could still people were still vibes. They had no choice because of the energy that I put behind it, which is zest. Zest. You had to zest. Yeah. You understand? But because that the culture of hip hop music is not accepted, you could still see the the wall, the blockage. Because mm-hmm. I am not that pinnacle of an artist back home, but yet still is still accepting the zest. Mm-hmm. You understand? And being the fact that I perform alongside. King and other artists back home, it was like yo, no other hip hop artist in Trinidad ever went any Beatum Gardens and performed none, none, none up to today. Mm-hmm. Anybody do it, they'll be like, all right, mechanic did that already. Yeah, but I I try not to be bossy at times, but I realize enough is enough. Sometimes you gotta yeah, say what you gotta say what enough you're is enough. Yeah. you understand? I was the first hip hop artist mm-hmm. in probably I might go as far as say Soka. Because mm-hmm. soca artists don't really go in the beat them like again notorious, mm-hmm. right? 
And I went there with Johnny Bravo. I don't know if you're of, familiar of with him. Of course, I was, right. was going to <laughs> Yeah, Bravo. he was the link yeah. to going there, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yes, because yeah. he was he was the bodyguard for Skeng. Was it yep. around that same time? Yeah, is the was same it, party? That was the one where Skeng jumped, jumped in into the pool. The pool. Yeah. That was the same party. Okay. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah, sir. Mm-hmm. How did you link with Bravo? Short version or long version? <laughs> so like I like, like I said in 2016, 17, I was throwing my own open mics, right? And at that point in time, it was creating a buzz. It was developing into something big. Um, somebody probably got a hold of him and said, yo, you need to come to this event. And funny enough, one of the artists there, DM Grizzy, was associated with Bravo. So when he got there, he was like, hey, Bravo, is he senior here? Ting, ting, ting. Hey, but this artist, you got to pay attention to him. Mm-hmm. You understand? And that was Grizzly Link. Grizzly and Bravo was good. Yeah. And now he just passed that link on to me and said, brother, you work with him. Yeah. But Grizzly and I, we, come on, I just talked to Grizzly nearly every three, four days since I out here. And, you know, so he's a good one for that. Mm-hmm. That's why I said have artists that I could still work with, even Thank in hip hop. Um. When Bravo saw me perform after the show, he pulled me aside. He was like, you're going to go places. You're going to go far. I trying to do the Bravo voice. He was like, you got something special. I can help you. And I was like, all right, cool. We go link, you know. I just, everybody's saying the same thing for years. So it's like, all right, cool. A couple weeks pass, we arranged to have a meeting with Bravo Mm -hmm. um, at Grizzly's studio. And I went up there with wifey, baby. We make the journey up the road. Hours we sat there, no bravo. I'm like, yo. <laughs> okay, no scene. Just but another I'm, I'm, one of these. Yeah, but I'm not the type of person to say, you know what? Exclamation, exclamation, hyphen, whatever, yeah, bravo. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. I was like, you know, suck it up. You know, wifey was mad because mm-hmm. we out there for hours waiting on this guy. And I was like, all right, cool, no scene. Met him in an event, just happened to bounce him up again because I got booked for a performance from another associate artist that I work with, Prince Pronto. Mm-hmm. Bravo was there. And when he saw me, he was like, oh, sh- yo, I do this guy bad. And then he called me, he was like, yo, I just want to apologize. I heard you came up there with your kid and da-da-da-da. I'm like, yo, it's cool. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, mechanic, I owe it to you, I owe you. I'm like, brother, if you owe me, that's on you, but I don't owe us that, you know, that behind me, I'm moving forward and still doing what. He's like, nah, brother, I'm going to make it up to you. And since that, mm-hmm. bravo, anytime we need bravo to do anything for us, call him and we get it done. And because of that, he made the plug or the connect for us to get into that party in the Beatum Gardens. He was the plug. Yeah. Yeah. So you see, if, if you just said, not even deal with yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> It wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have happened exactly. at all. You exactly. Know what I mean, see, talking about Bravo, I seen you were in Jamaica yes, the other we day. Were. You and Bravo was out yes, there. Yes, we were. Yeah, and I seen you on my family show, The Fix. Big up The Fix. Yeah, man. You know I mean, big them <laughs> up. I seen you out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I know you have a song right now. Mm-hmm. And a birdie told me that the visuals for Van Damme yes, is sir. pretty wild still, you know, <laughs> I heard. It is. Talk, it is, talk about it is. Van Damme, how you even came up with Van Damme. Okay. Again, going back to Vaughn Pro, mm-hmm. Vaughn has just go crazy with instrumentals, 
you know, production, everything. He always have a vision for everything that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, he played the beat for me. It was supposed to be a rhythm. And when I heard it, I was like, eh, dancehall, I'm not really feeling it. But, you know, I'm capable of doing whatever I set my mind to, right? So I did a full track, a rap song, mm-hmm. full bars, everything, and sent it to Chrissy. And she sent it to DJ Wiz. Mm-hmm. And Wiz was like, ah, mechanic, it's nice to know you're rapping. You know, you're always on point with your rap, but I want you to try and do a little dancehall something. Make it more dancehallish. Rap a little dancehall if you could. So I was like, all right, cool. Scrap that whole song. The entire song scrap. I still had the lyrics for it mm-hmm. on my phone. And restructured the whole track. Tried the more dancehall finish. And while doing that, Wiz was like, mechanic, I'm going to send you some names. See if you can call these names in these songs. Because again, challenge just like Dandada, right? Give me the information and I try to work with it. Put it together. So he sent the names on them. See if he could implement them. I was like, all right, cool. Boom, boom, boom. Bill it. Send it back to Chrissy. Demo. Wiz was like, you have it. Mm-hmm. This is it. Finish this. Mix it. Master it. Put it out. So I was like, all right, we have one in the bag. Yeah. It's not one of my strongest genres, but I'm trying to embody it more now because I've seen what it's doing. And it's part of the culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's Caribbean culture. Mm-hmm. And now, because of that, knowing that it's a dancehall, I, like I said on the fix, when you think dancehall, you're not thinking Japan, you're not thinking Hawaii, you're thinking Jamaica. So I was like, uh, duh, go Jamaica and shoot the video. Yeah. I don't need a visa. Mm-hmm. I don't need none of just your passport, your money, wow. and up the road. Yeah. So even before coming here, I was like, I should just go Jamaica for at least three, four days, shoot the video, and come back. Mm-hmm. It so happened that around the time that I was looking to go Jamaica, the Canadian visa came in. So I'm like, yo, we go and murder them. <laughs> Take a week in Jamaica, yeah. shoot video, then straight up the road. Yeah. Now what happened was Bravo had some delays getting there. He probably couldn't make it last minute. We was trying to come for Carnival and they raised the ticket yeah. prices to like 2500 mm-hmm. US dollars. I'm like, are you crazy? To go and, down the road. And the day after Carnival, it was 700 <laughs> US dollars. <laughs> These very next day after Carnival. So I'm like, all right, let me get a week or two mm-hmm. after and see what happened. Mm-hmm. And it was cheaper. So we was like, all right, up the road. Bravo had some shows to do. That was the same time as Redemption. Got you. Right? The same weekend with Redemption is when we were Sizzler out there. Sizzler and all of the money. Sizzler in Jam- um, Japan right now. It was uh, Buju... Um, Barris, yes, 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 guys, yes, yes. Right? So he was contemplating on whether or not. But I said, bro, my ticket book, I gone. I gone do what I had to do. Mm-hmm. Last minute, bro, I was like, yo, Kenny, I'm coming. Like, boom, score. Yeah. So we up there for a week thinking that I'm going to shoot music video. Now, Bravo, well connected on the ground out there as well. So we got there this Sunday, jet lag, because we stopped in Antigua, rest. Tuesday, Monday, Rest again, still jet lag. Tuesday, yeah. that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. From Tuesdays, active Tuesdays, on road. Wednesday, um, wetty Wednesdays, um, Lego the street. Uh, yo, You're Thursday, in interviews. Mm-hmm. Friday, podcast. Saturday, work again, more interviews. And then Sunday, Bravo flew out. I came back, but in all of that, we did filming every, like every day after the Tuesday when we start again. That was Active Tuesday, the mm-hmm. name. And once we got activated, 
that was it. Every day we had something to do. Every single day. Mm-hmm. So, while being there, the focus was the video, but we tried to implement doing performances and incorporate it in the video. Or yeah. you'll see what I'm talking yeah. about. When are you we know. gonna see this elusive value? <laughs> Keep paying attention to socials. You understand? Keep yeah. paying attention to talking the social about, okay, media. So well then talking um, about social, where could they find me on social then? Mechanic T I D. Uh <laughs> and I like to give this story because uh Chrissy said you could Google mechanic and you'll find me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? And I went on my phone, I was like, Google. And I take yeah. somebody else's phone because I mean I own my phone all the time. So clear. So the IP there. Yeah. So I took like a, a complete stranger. I was like, all right, Google mechanic TID. Boom. Yeah. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. One name, mechanic TID. No underscore, because no hashtag. TID, no. That's why you were Google. Yeah. You see, if it was just if mechanic, I was just mechanic, all kind of nonsense. Would never, so that, but once you put in mechanic TID, yeah, it just everything comes up. I'm like, yo, I need to start checking on my Wikipedia. <laughs> see if I could get my page verified or my name verified. See if mm-hmm. I could trademark this name because it it happening. It there, you know, and um. And that was it. Mm-hmm. That's that 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 whole trip created this whole spark to go forward. And going back to the question of the video, it will be all soon. Yeah. I I I would I would like to say within this month, and mm-hmm. um, we just going through final editing. We saw a draft of it already. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. All right. I, a, a little birdie told me, say, yeah, it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's kind of, kind of. It is. Yeah. It 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 was. It was more than I expected because being a hip hop artist, you you would like to see to certain things as a hip hop artist, mm-hmm. and them guys just deliver. Yeah, Prince, you know, Colvin, as Colvin um, Media mm-hmm. and Savan Media. Yeah, them fellas knock it out the park. So it is one of the <laughs> <laughs> the most. Interesting videos that I've done so far. I would say it as simple. I don't want to yeah. get people hopes up and be like, mm-hmm. ah, mechanic and gay mm-hmm. justice. And I don't want to sell it too low. That would be like, yo, this man was teasing us this over the we'll, top. We'll, so we'll see when it drops. Yeah. We'll see when it comes. Exactly. You know I mean? We're in Toronto, Canada right now. What are you doing up here right now? You have performance or anything oh, coming man. up? Oh man, been performing. Uh so came up here, it was a Sorry. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. It was a Sunday, I land, I believe, or Monday, Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, I was out again. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, Tuesday, we just did road, the weekend. So, yeah, landed Monday. Spend the whole week just getting familiar with my manager, first time I'm meeting yeah. her in person. Mm-hmm. And the very next weekend, I'm on a plane again out to Calgary. Yeah. So, yeah. You've been. <laughs> yeah, I've been out there. Calgary did a show with um, Planky Dan, Lele, uh, K-Music, mm-hmm. you know, just to name a few of the artists that were there. That's with DJ Wiz again. Mm-hmm. So we had that showcase tour part one. Off the plane from Calgary after the weekend, met my cousin who I haven't seen in a couple of years, a younger cousin of mine. He in a car show. His boss have a car show with another shop. There's a flatbed there, DJ on stage. Cuz look at me. Hey, yo, Cuz, you want to perform? I'm like, sure, why not? He's like, all right, cool, you're done. Yeah. Off the plane, 
on the stage again. Jet yeah. lag, tired, cause we had that delaying flight, so sleep on the airplane, the, the airport. Time, the time is different back there. Yeah, too. it's an hour behind, so it's like ah, how to catch this body thing? I'm like zombie eyed, tangled out on shades, and went on the stage, and the crowd was like yo. So again, that happened. Then we were at motions. Ha, huh, motions was interesting, but. It happened, yeah, and it was still a nice experience. Good content, same way. Um, then we did Kaicha the other day. Mm -hmm. Again, it was well received by the crowd um, to the point where they're asking for more music. Okay. When I finished doing my little thing, they're like, "No, no, no, you can't go away. We want more. We want more." And you know, those were the little events that came up. Um, and then right, second of July, we had Kai Fest. Um, I know that's a big event. First time I'll be on Kai Fest. And then 16th, we had Brock Out Girl Remix. Mm -hmm. So, and yo, big up Crosby, big up versus Entertainment, Crosby Group, and G Money, because we just did a promo video for that. As you see, the, yeah, I see, the, I see, the drip here. Yeah. Yeah. You understand? So, Show out versus <laughs> definitely made it happen. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, you see, it's, it's back yeah. to it again of the little promo video mm -hmm. into the podcast now. So, you know, there are times where it will be up in performances and appearances and shows and all that, and then it will just get quiet again and then back up. But one thing I try to do and try to maintain is a is a social presence, mm -hmm. you know, so that that way the supporters, because we don't really like to use the word fans, mm -hmm. the supporters would always be entertained. Like, I at the point where sometimes if you go on my Instagram stories, I'm just walking outside in the cool and I'm like, it's cool, guys, but I'm here, <laughs> you know? And, you know, just to maintain that bond with the people because I don't really want to be the artist that can't really socialize with the supporters, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but definitely looking forward to Kai first and definitely looking to Brock out Gal remix. Like, mm -hmm. been to the location just now and I'm like... <laughs> Hmm, should I walk with my speedos? <laughs> yeah, Brock Gallery yeah, makes going on be different. You, you believe me. The, you were at the Skeng show, so you understand that pool vibes. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You yeah. understand? So it's yeah. gonna be that type of energy. I'm not yo, sure if yo, you're ladies, jump in the pool. Ladies, walk with all your bikini and you never know what could happen. You know what I'm saying? We might have a little pool party. <laughs> yeah. Are you on Spotify and all that there? Spotify, uh, iTunes, uh, is Tidal. Um, mm, you could, all I don't know, DSPs. everywhere, all, all the music platforms. Mm -hmm. I have music here, there, and everywhere, bro. Like, I just be looking at my catalog now, and it's like, yo, across the hundred mark, you know? Yeah. Yeah, in that short space of time. you just like, put yo. out a mixtape the other day? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, did, uh, Make It Make Sense is the name of it. So... A few original tracks, but a lot of instrumentals that people were familiar with mm -hmm. because of the mere fact that when people are familiar with something, they, they accept it easier. Now, we're going to have a mixtape tour. That is going to happen. Yeah. Um, a few tours that I w would mention is the mixtape tour. Um, we're going to have a Till I Die tour, and we're going to have a Dreams Live tour, and more. But I'm not gonna name the rest. But yeah. dreams live till, till I, I die, die and mixtape. Make it make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mechanic. <laughs> Great conversation. What got me was the fifth degree black belt. And yes, sir. what that meant to me right there meant 
discipline. Yes, sir. And you see, once you have discipline in anything you're doing, it's only straight up from here. Yes, sir. You understand? Exactly. Mechanic. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> I die, right? Yep, 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 yep. Bob, let me give you an ultra and get you out there because I can't wait to sit down with you again three years from now and see where you got. <laughs> you understand? That would be interesting, though. Yeah. I would love, love to come back and get at, mm -hmm. like, yo, this, these are the, the links that I don't want to lose, you know? Yeah. These are the, 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 the stages in my life that I want to cherish the most. Mm -hmm. And trust me, I could be invited to somebody big podcast in the world, BBC Extra, One Extra, and you call me on the yeah. same time. I'm like, ah, hold on. But I'm saying, you know, take a little break. I say, link with BBC, uh, but come see me. Just don't forget me. Exactly. You know what, I mean? you know what I'm yeah. saying, right? So, yeah. like, yeah, I, w I would probably postpone it. Yeah. But I wouldn't deny them full up front. Yeah. But I would take, you see, this step that I'm taking and where I'm at right now, mm -hmm. these are the more cherishable experiences. You're enjoying the process. Yeah. You know what I mean? Before you get to the goal of wherever it is that you want to go. You understand? Okay. Any big ups, any shout outs before I get you out of here? Yeah. And we could do a little a little something after. We can leave them with something, right? Um, so first of all, big up Pivotal Entertainment, Chrissy, manager, Vaughn Pro. YCL, Kells, Cash, uh, Noble Touch, should I go down the list? Uh, DJ Wiz, uh, DM Grizzy, who else? Uh, uh, Nikki Poison, uh, Shelly Belly, you know, these are some of the names that help push the Van Damme Princess, Louis Rankin's daughter. Um, was mom's dad, <laughs> family, friends, loved ones, wifey, kids, everybody that's supporting the journey. Yeah, everybody out here. I have a brethren outside the door right now waiting for me to come out, Rishi. <laughs> like, yo, he just attached himself to the music since he discovered me. And mm -hmm. since that, since back home, he was just like, yo, I need to, I need to support this guy like Trinidad or do sleep on him I out here and this man just keeping me warm during the winter with the music and the vibes and you know we just maintain that energy from there you know again big up versus entertainment big up Crosby group big up G money you know um for making this podcast possible as well sure. you know big respect big up muscle one time come on bro <laughs> yeah <laughs> you already know so um, if I leave out anybody, all of those vex with me, just hit me up in my DMs real nice and calm, you know? Yo, you post them or something. You yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you'll make it As up. you say, post, yeah. Grizzly. Yo, the man's teaching me so much about content creation right now. Like, I used to struggle with posting content back yeah. home and he was like, Kianik, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I'm like, yo, this man keeping me on my toes and he just helping me with that moving forward and I really, really appreciate that, like, has mad love right there. Like, yeah. I say certain things and he was like, yo, you see about yourself, but I was like, bro, you're not going away. I'm not going away without you because mm -hmm. you teach me a lot in this short space of time and, you know, it just keep growing from there and growing from there. Um, yo, I just hope that I ain't leave out nobody for real, for real though. Mm -hmm. I just brainstorming it while we talking that I don't leave out you, anybody. You know, you know, there are some you know names. somebody's going to be left no, out. No, but right? there are some names that I, I 
can't mention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't like the the spotlight kind of thing. They yeah. don't like it, so yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't so, mention. So shout it, out know? to the people that don't want to be. Yeah, mentioned. you know you yourself. Got your shout out. To you know yeah. Q8. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Leave us with a hot 16 before you go. So, hey, we go down with the Van Dam then. Yeah, we might live my life, make money, make things all right, things rough, pocket them tight, tight, gas price, gone up, sky high. But anyway, the girl says she want pretty boy, tired of the bad man, Levi's, Polo, Fresh Kicks, Van Dam, E, Trinidad, Jamaica to London. Everybody sing this song. Yo, rave me while rave like ding dong. But to catch a plane straight Kingston to the bad mind, me no respawn. Kill them with the whiz, whiz, wisdom. <laughs> floss me a floss on a party. Don't call me if it ain't about money. <laughs> Marvin the Beast, you think they're ready? Hey, knocky, knocky boy, Shelly Belly. Gotta stay clean, govy, govy, big bean. Renee 630, sweet like ice cream. I don't really care if you don't like me. Price gone up, me kind of pricey. <laughs> Yo. We're waiting for the visuals. We're yeah, yeah, yeah. Soon come. Them. Soon, 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 you soon. Understand. Yeah. Bob, well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, pull up edition, and we are out. Peace. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichut.com.